Welcome back to another episode of the 5-Minute Drill, where we interview the world's best leaders, innovators, and creators. I'm your host, Simran Sandhu, and today we are joined by Will Ahmed, who is the founder and CEO of Whoop, the billion-dollar health tech company looking to unlock human performance. Now, just a quick note here, I realize that this episode is much longer than usual, but I think listening to Will's incredible journey definitely makes up for it. So before we get into it, here's a quick message from our sponsor. Thinking about purchasing something on Facebook Marketplace or Craigslist, but worried about getting scammed or meeting some stranger in a dark parking lot? Well, DeliverEnd is here to solve that problem by removing the in-person meetup. That's right, you can now order items on these marketplaces, and through the DeliverEnd app, those items will be delivered right to your doorstep. Not only is this convenient, as all payments are done within the app, but DeliverEnd truly makes the process safer by hiding your personal details from the seller, and you can also verify the item condition using Using their in-app video chat. With their fleet of vetted drivers, DeliverEnd also helps local businesses reduce their overhead by providing delivery services. Right now, they've also got a special going on. For all new users that create an account, you will receive $50 in credits to apply to future marketplace items, so make sure to download the app today in the App Store. All right, well, super excited to have you join us today. And as I was mentioning to you before the interview, this one's a special one because it's actually the first time I've interviewed a founder and been an everyday user of their products. So just wanted to put that out there, but super excited and glad to have you on. Well, thank you for being a Whoop member. I appreciate that, man. All right, so let's set the scene. Let's travel back to 2011. You're at Harvard, captain of the men's squash team, and you come up with the idea for what is now Whoop. What was the trigger? Was it something that just came spontaneously or did you just start drawing connections and then gradually build upon the idea? I think it gradually built over time. I was always someone who had been interested in sports and exercise. Even as a you know 10-year-old, I probably played a dozen different sports. Uh, I'm an only child, so I loved being around friends and teammates. And um, as you mentioned, I went on to play squash while I was at Harvard. And, and being a college athlete, I felt like I really didn't know what I was doing to my body while I was training. I was someone who used to overtrain, where you get fitter and fitter, and then you effectively fall off a cliff. And so I got very interested in, in what it would take to measure the human body to train optimally or to uh, to really enhance performance. And that led me down this rabbit hole of physiology research. And from there, uh, building up the conviction, and it really was building up uh, to, uh, to start Whoop. So I want to touch on that conviction piece because there's so many potential ideas out there and you never know what idea you're going to come up with while say you're in the shower or when you're driving. So how did you decide this was the idea that you were going to commit to? Well, I think ideas that you're obsessed with uh, have a habit of of clinging to you. I mean, what, what do you think about in the shower? What do you think about when you're walking to class or to work or um, when you're you're sort of spacing out what fills that that mind of yours. And for me, it, it it has been now for, you know, 10 or 12 years, this idea of whoop and health monitoring. You know, I don't think that I set out to start a company. I think that whoop uh, forced itself to be started. It yeah. was really just an obsession. It was all I was thinking about. And I didn't have that much of a choice. Now, 
I certainly, uh, I certainly felt insecure about the idea that I wanted to start a company. I did, you know, I, did, I wasn't sure if I was capable of doing such a thing mm-hmm. or building the technology, which of course was quite ambitious. But I, I just by doing a lot of research and work, I did a lot of work. I built up the confidence. Now, as you very well know, health tech and healthcare in general are very complex fields and quite frankly, very difficult to try and innovate in. I know you studied government and economics in college. I'm an econ guy myself, but I'm curious, how did you take that leap and decide that you were the right guy to go pursue this idea and build this wonderful product? I think for a long time, I believed that computers were moving from being on your desk to being on your lap to being in your pocket to being on your body to being in your body like that was an evolution that that to me felt fairly obvious and then when you marry that with all this physiology research that I did as a student which was really around specific health measurements and if you could measure them continuously you could unlock not just optimal performance but but uh, a real lens into improving health. Yeah. And, and so that combination, I think, of the research and then also this sort of general sense that I had that technology was going to keep getting smaller, computers were going to keep getting smaller and smarter. Yeah, I, I think that's proved to be a very accurate insight. Let me ask you, were your parents entrepreneurs? I mean, did you have any family history of entrepreneurship? Well, my father came to this country as a 22-year-old Egyptian immigrant and, uh, you know, was was sort of his own version of the American dream uh, and, uh, and, you know, made it it in America. And so I think whenever you're the son of an immigrant, in a way, you've got that entrepreneurial blood in you. No, I certainly understand that. That's not an easy thing to do by any means. But going back, you know, it's one thing to have an idea and trying to go build a business around it. But oftentimes, you also need to have people to come help build that business with you. Can you share a bit about your co-founders? How did you find them? I mean, were they friends of yours already? Or were you introduced to them by mutual connections? You know, I met John Capalupo and Aurelia and Nikolai, who are uh, the two Whoop co-founders my my senior year. So uh, it would have been close to by the time I was graduating, summer of 2012. I had started the company right at the end of 2011, and I had spent most of that year trying to find deeply technical people. And I met a lot of people. And, uh, you know, when I met John and Aurelia and John coming from a, a great computer science background and math background, Aurelia and coming from a phenomenal a hardware and engineering background, I felt like I had met two people with very complementary skills to my own. I had more of the product vision, the design sense, and, and potentially the business sense. So the the three of us, uh, I think, represented a lot of the core facets that building Whoop required. And, and today, you know, some eight and a half, nine years later, we're still building it together. Yeah. And I mean, that's incredible. Was it something that you know, took a lot of convincing to get them to, to take this leap with you and go down this journey? Or were they pretty bought in as soon as you kind of shared what you were trying to do? Oh, definitely took some convincing. I think John <laughs> turned me down the first couple of times. I think, uh, I mean, John had also just finished his sophomore year. I had just okay. graduated. Wow. So he actually had to drop out of Harvard to build the business with me. Yeah. Uh, so he took a big, a big leap of faith. And, uh, Yeah, he's still on a leave of absence. 
Wow, 10 years later. I think there's a good chance he's probably not going back. But, you know, the three of you guys got together, decided that you're going to build this business. What were some of the first few actionable things you guys did? Did you go and write a business plan or start developing the product? What was that like? A lot of it was uh, building out the the first uh, hardware and algorithm set that could measure heart rate and heart rate variability accurately from the wrist. Hmm. That was a uh, phenomenon that had never been done before. And so that was the, a big technical leap that we had to accomplish. And then separately from that, we really needed to design a vision for what does this whole platform look like mm-hmm. when the technology comes along. And in a way, we were designing the hardware and the software independently knowing that one day they would actually connect and that's a hard thing to do uh but you have to do it in order to sort of create this vision for what's to come whether that's a vision for your your you know your future team members whether it's a vision for investors even a vision for future customers hey this is what it's going to look like when we're we're done with it Yeah, that's great context because as I'm sitting here, I think it truly gives me some sense of the difficulty of uh, trying to build an innovative and value-driven product and then trying to align it with the vision while taking into account all of the things happening in the background. Now, just fast-forwarding a bit, Whoop has some very high-profile users. I've read reports that LeBron James, Michael Phelps, and other folks of that caliber use it. Where was the inflection point? Can you think back to a specific event that really pushed the growth or was it more of a gradual build? It's rarely a specific event. It's largely a lot of, you know, decisions that add up to gradual progress. And then, you know, all at once you start to feel momentum. Mm. For, for us, we, we had built technology that was great, but it wasn't yet a, a real business. That would have been maybe around 2014, 2015 when, we had these very high profile athletes wearing the product like you described. Uh, then, you know, by 2018 or so we had started to figure out the business model and the subscription model and also had the technology in a place where for a consumer audience, it would be, uh, it would be something that was scalable and, and something that I felt consumers would, would gravitate to and want to wear for a long time. We spent a, a really long time focusing on Whoop the product. Mm. I mean, you know, if you just do the math, summer of 2012 to let's call it summer of 2018 is when we really formally launched to consumers. That's almost six years of product development, you know, uh, with a lot of sort of gradations along the way of whoop being a business, but without it really having any mass market traction. So, and then from, you know, from May, 2018 to today, if you plot our graph, it looks crazy, right? It looks just (laughs) up and to the right. But the question is, are you willing to spend six years of your life building something with limited revenue because you believe in it that much? Six years. Wow. You know, I I would agree that is the key question. I don't think many entrepreneurs think about it in that way. I certainly didn't in some of my past ventures, but I think it does highlight the importance of conviction, like you mentioned before. 
But now Whoop is worth $1.2 billion after your recent $100 million raise. How did you feel after reaching this milestone? I mean, I'm sure you're very proud, but was it ever an important personal goal of yours to create a billion dollar company? I think it's part of the process. I mean, if you're if your end state looks like um, tens of millions, hundreds of millions of people wearing your product, uh, inevitably along the way, your business is going to be valued at a billion dollars or more. And so I've tried to stay focused on what does the product look like when it's being used by millions of people. And if you can accomplish that, then you know all the all the rest will come with it. The financial success certainly. Sure. Uh, and uh, and look, I mean, it's great having a, a you know having your valuation grow because it also rewards your earliest investors and your earliest employees. And uh, you know, nothing makes me happier than than having you know them reaping the success of the company. Absolutely. Now, I want to take a moment and switch gears here and talk about the business landscape. What would you say were some of the most important factors that allowed Whoop to differentiate itself in, you know, what is now a competitive wearable tech industry? Again, a lot of it has been focusing on the product. I think other companies came and went because they were focused on distribution. Mm. They sold a lot of units, but they fast forwarded three months later or six months later and people weren't wearing them. And wearable technology is a game that you want to be the last wearable tech that someone buys. You don't want to necessarily be the first. Who cares? And so we've been very obsessed with that question of what does it take for someone to wear Whoop and never take it off? And we think of health monitoring as an ongoing evolution. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a one-time sale. That's in part why Whoop is a subscription. The hardware comes for free. And we want to evolve with you. And at the same time, we have to deliver on that value. We have to add value for you every day, every week, every month, every year. Yeah. And so it puts a lot of pressure on us as a business to keep evolving, keep launching new features, new analytics, keep adding more sensing, keep getting better. And I think that's that's helped us uh, in large part be differentiated in the market. We've also been incredibly focused. Hmm. Whoop is great at all the things that it does for all the things that it doesn't do. You're not going to make a phone call with a Whoop strap. <laughs> You're not going to get a million push notifications. Sure. We don't have 100 apps on top of the product. But in terms of health monitoring, we're the best game in town. We're the most accurate. We've got the best interface. We've got the most reporting. We've got on-demand support to help you understand your data. Uh, I think we're the best game in town. And the results speak, speak for themselves. If you've been on Whoop for 12 months, you have a lower resting heart rate. You have a higher heart rate variability. You are getting higher quality sleep. Yeah, We are, we are literally changing behavior and improving health, which I think is the hardest thing to do in this space. So that's, that's the relationship that we're building with customers. And it's why I think Whoop is different. Were you guys always so focused? I mean, was there ever a point where early on you considered adding a bunch of different features and then decided to pivot away from that? We've been incredibly focused. I mean, to put it in perspective, I wrote a paper in 2011 titled The Feedback Tool, Measuring Intensity, Recovery, and Sleep. Wow. And the three main pillars of Whoop today, 10 years later, are strain, recovery, and sleep. Mm. And 
so in a lot of ways, the vision for what the technology should do has been a straight line. How we got there was a zigzagging path, but it's been a straight line of what we've tried to build. And then, of course, you realize things along the way that you need to innovate on. For example, we actually needed to innovate on our business model. It wasn't a good business model to just sell one-time hardware. It was a better business model to be a subscription, both for us and for the customer. It allowed the customer to get Whoop at a much lower entry point, as little as $30 to sign up and you get this hardware in the mail. And it allowed us to build a relationship with the customer over time. Was that a huge risk? I mean, to sell the hardware free to start off? Enormous risk. Yeah. It was kind of a bet the company decision. Wow. Yeah. That's- but it was a great decision in hindsight. Yeah. Well, I'm really glad it worked out. I'm sure it was really stressful at the time. But I also wanted to ask you about partnerships. How did that play into your business strategy? You know, we've tried to build Whoop with um, organic growth and then tell those stories. I think that most brands today uh, could be more authentic if possible. And so we've never paid someone to wear Whoop, like literally never paid someone to wear Whoop. What we'll do, though, is find people who or find partners where the product is already working and people love it. And then tell those stories. And that's really what we've done with partners like the PGA Tour. I mean, 50% of the PGA Tour was wearing Whoop before we even became partners with them. Wow. Uh, we're the official wearable of CrossFit now. CrossFit was, was a community that we saw people just absolutely love the product. So we said, okay, well, here's an authentic story we can tell around how CrossFitters are using Whoop. And... And so just in a lot of ways, we've always tried to look for these sort of organic relationships and then, uh, you know, use that as, as a form of storytelling. So what would you say is the future of Whoop? Can you share any thoughts about what you're hoping to accomplish moving forward? Well, I think the potential of wearable technology is that it can truly improve health mm-hmm. and make uh, a- and make the world a better place. I mean, it's that it's that profound. I think most people are underestimating wearable technology because sort of V1 of wearables were kind of lame. You know, they were sort of step counters. They didn't really tell you anything that you didn't already know. Right. And so I don't think people realize that in, you know, a couple of years time, a product like Whoop will be able to tell you whether you're about to have a heart attack or it'll be able to tell you uh, that you need to go see a doctor or it'll be able to tell you you need to change X, Y, and Z about your diet uh, or you've got a sleeping problem and you need to get checked out. It'll become incredibly diagnostic. And we've just seen this even through COVID where people are discovering they have COVID-19 by using their Whoop app. I mean, it's pretty amazing. And, uh, and I think it's only going to get more profound. Now, Will, as we wrap things up, what would be a piece of advice or something that you learned along the way that you would share with a fellow entrepreneur who is currently building or is looking to build a company in the future? I think one helpful piece of advice uh, that I would give my younger self is to not compare yourself to other entrepreneurs, especially more successful entrepreneurs. There's this feeling when you're just trying to raise your first round of financing or just trying to recruit your first members of your team that, oh gosh, you know, Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or whoever, you know, they never, they never struggled with this or whatever. And 
it's a really unproductive um, mindset mm. to compare yourself probably to other people in general, but especially to other entrepreneurs. And there's a few different reasons for that. One is that I think that when other entrepreneurs were first getting started, uh, and I was every bit this way, like they didn't know any better than you did. They were figuring <laughs> it out too, right? right? But the, the second piece, and this is how it relates back, is that what they did is they got a lot better over time. And that's what you need to do as a young entrepreneur or as a first-time entrepreneur is keep focusing on how you are improving and have that also be independent from the identity of the business. Again, when I first started Whoop, my identity and Whoop's identity felt very similar. If Whoop was succeeding, I was succeeding. If Whoop was failing, I was failing. If Whoop had a bad day, I had a bad day. I had failed. And that's actually an incredibly unproductive way to look at it. You have to separate your performance from that of the business and look at how you're actually getting a little bit better every day. And if you do that every single day for 10 years, you wake up in a pretty interesting place. That's great advice. Well, I would definitely agree. I think that probably applies to life as a whole. But just closing things off, I know Whoop has a podcast and you're the host of it. What is it about and what would be your one-line pitch for everyone to go and listen to it? So the Whoop podcast is uh, just that, a podcast that I host that's really focused on improving health and performance. And you get to listen to the world's best athletes, top CEOs and executives, cardiologists, leaders in physiology, talk about how they perform at a high level, their body of work, mindsets for performance. And uh, it's I think it's a podcast where you can you can quickly grab a few things and put them in your back pocket as uh, as information to uh, improve your life. I certainly would echo that. Highly recommend it. Everyone should go and give it a listen. But Will, I really appreciate your time and thanks for sharing those incredible insights with all of us. All right. Thanks so much, man. I appreciate it. All right, folks, you just heard from Will Ahmed, the founder and CEO of Whoop. If you aren't currently a user, I would definitely recommend checking it out. And if you enjoyed the episode, make sure to leave us a quick review wherever you get your podcasts. In the meantime, take care, everyone. Cheers.